Welcome to Gethsemane Church. I'm Pastor Mark Lowe. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope today's service will inspire you, challenge you, and encourage you. For more information about our church, please go to GethsemaneChurchG3.com. God bless and enjoy the service. He says, once again, in verse 14, anything, anything in my name, he said, I will do it. Amen? I will do it. Understanding that what we ask is in the will of the Father. Not just asking things that are of no value, just craziness, but asking God's will. He said, I will do it for you. Title of the message tonight is The Power to Change Your Circumstance. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again, as we've said, Lord, for the privilege that we have to be in your house. And gosh, it's just an honor, Lord, to serve with such wonderful people, children of God, those that you have called according to your purpose, those that you have added unto your church, Lord. It's an honor to serve. It's an honor to be a part of such a wonderful family. It's always an honor, God, to worship You and praise You and thank You as we said Sunday. It's always also, God, just an honor to hear the spoken Word as we said Sunday. A Word, God, that comes straight from You. Something that all of us need. Something, God, that would be uplifting to us, but also challenging. Just the the Word that would just remind us of the God that we serve and that reminds us that victory can be ours. Bondage is not always the outcome or the the end game, but victory. So Father, we just thank You tonight in advance for all that You're doing. Thank You, Lord, for these who have brought You have brought out tonight that are here in person, those that are watching on social media, those that are not able to be here, but just thank You, Lord. And I just appreciate, Father, that you know all things. You know each one of us, the things that we need. And you know that this word was meant for us or we wouldn't be here to hear it. So I just thank you in advance for that. And I pray, God, that your word would not return to you void. But, God, that everything that you wanted your word to accomplish tonight, that it would be done in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, for the glory of our Father in heaven. Grant it all tonight. And all of God's children said, Amen. Give God another hand clap of praise as you take your seat. We'll dismiss our young people tonight. We apologize for our nursery being closed tonight, but we will have it back open Sunday. <clears throat> if you have your Bible and want to go to the book of Jonah with us tonight, there's four chapters in that book. We're going to, st- we're going to be in chapter 2. We'll cover 1 through 4, but we're only going to be in chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I love the the passage that we read to begin tonight, and I just want to take my time and give you this word that God's laid on my heart because it's a powerful word. It really is, and I think it's something that will help each one of us, it will challenge each one of us, as God's word always does. But Jesus said something there as we just read His word in John's Gospel. He said, whatever you ask in my name, he said, that his, he would do that for us, that his father would receive glory and praise and honor. 
And he said, if you believe in me and the works that you've seen me do, and I will say to you today, if you believe in Jesus and the works that you have seen him do and the works that you have heard that he has done, he said that if we believe those things, not only will we do those things, but he said greater things, Brother Clay. Now, I don't know about you guys, but Jesus done some pretty great things, did he not? I mean, Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus caused blinded eyes to open. We know that. Jesus turned water into wine, right? We know we could go on and on. Jesus cast out demons from folks that were demon-possessed. That still happens today, amen, somebody? Amen. Thank you. It does, whether you believe it or not. It does. Trust me. He, he did some pretty amazing things. Jesus, Jesus done some great, great things. But he said that we would do greater than what we've seen because he has gone to be with his father. And he has finished the work that he has that he begun here. And he asked his father to send us the power of the Holy Ghost. And so we could see greater things. So the message tonight, the title of the message is The Power to Change Your Circumstance or Your Situation. And I want us to look at it tonight because here's what I've learned over the period of time that I've served the Lord. And some of you have learned this as well. I think sometimes we need to be reminded of it because we forget it sometimes. Because of what I said to you Sunday, we get so beat down with the things of this world and we're so overcome with the things of this world. Most of the time, it's stuff that we have caused ourselves. We're reaping what we sow, and we're blaming God for it, right? But the reality is, most of it's just self-inflicted. A lot of it's not because we live in a fallen world, a sinful world. But we're so beat down with all those things that we, can't, we don't remember the power of God's Word and what's possible, right? As I said to you, some of us have experienced the supernatural work and moving of the Holy Ghost or the moving of God. Right? In church services and in our own personal lives. Some of us have seen that. If not all of us. I don't, I don't know each one of you here. But I've seen a lot of it. You've probably seen a lot of it. I've seen way too much now to doubt God. I've experienced too much of it to, to say that it's not true or God's not real and all those things. I've told people many, many times if I turn my back on God tomorrow, uh, I, I, I've, uh, Satan's come along too late to tell me that God's not real. Amen, and that God does not answer prayer because I've seen it and I've experienced it, been a part of it. But I think sometimes we forget that the power to change our circumstance strictly and solely lies in one place. The power to change your circumstance, my circumstance, or our situation, that power lies in the hands of one individual and one individual only. Most of us would say, Yes, God, and that's correct. But tonight, I want you to understand, God has already done all of that. He has finished the work, right? He has, he has these blessings laid up for us. The power to change your circumstance lies in your hands and in my hands. Amen? Amen. Jesus said it this way. The power, right, to change your circumstance lies in this. That you believe in me and the works that I've done. And if you ask anything, he said, in my name, that he would do that for us. So once again, I'm going to ask you. Who is in control of your circumstance? We are. We can change our circumstance. 
as I said to you, we're the reason we're in our circumstance a lot of times, but we also can change our circumstance based on a passage of Scripture we just read. Amen? Jesus clearly says that. If you ask, He said, I'll do that for you. If you, do, if you ask in My name, that My Father is glorified in heaven. So today, whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation that you're facing today, you have the power to change it. And that power rests in a, in a belief and a trust and a relationship with Jesus. Amen? It simply does. It truly does. Now listen, I know that God has a plan for our lives. I understand that. I know the Bible teaches us that in multiple places in the Bible. So I understand that sometimes we ask God to do things for us that's not in His plan or in His will, and it may not happen the way we think it should happen. I get that. But still, we have the power to change our circumstance. Because it may not be the way you and I think it should be, but God's still going to move when His children seek Him. If we ask God to help us in our situation, we may be asking one way, and God may deliver in a different way, but either way, deliverance will come according to the word that we just read. Amen? Y'all with me? Look at your neighbor and say, he, just hang in there with him. We have the power to change our circumstance. Today, I've been, I've been guilty of this myself, and I see it so many times in the eyes and in the faces of so many people that I talk to on a regular basis at work, uh, at church, on the street, in the hospital, in hospice house, wherever it may be. I, I see, I see um, such defeat, such doubt, um, just such uncertainty, lack of trust, uh, it's just, when you look into the faces of some of these people today, they're just, they're, the best answer I can give you is it looks like they have no hope. No hope whatsoever that their situation or their circumstance can change. And as I said to you, the power to do so just rests solely in us and the words that we need to speak and the belief that we have in the words that we speak and understand that God is listening. God's always listening to His children. Amen. He's not asleep. He's not on vacation. He's not busy with Brother Garfield that he can't listen to Brother Ralph. God is always listening if we would just speak. He's waiting to hear us talk. He's waiting to hear us ask. He's waiting to hear us declare, right? God is waiting to hear us reach out to Him in Jesus' name. And He wants to help us. God is not, God is not happy when you and I are down here struggling and, 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 and just, just doing all we can to keep our head above the miry clay. God's not up there going, well, you deserved it. You know, he's, he's not. God loves us, and He gave Jesus that we might have victory and that we could come out of that situation. But it rests on us and our belief, as I said to you, that He can, that He will, and that He wants to. Amen? And we got to believe it and trust in Him. And it's got to be more than just a, you've heard me say this before, it's got to be more than just a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. It's got to be more than just God is great, God is good, let's thank for food, by sin, give us a little bit of amen. It's got to be more than that. Right? It has to be passion and it has to be conviction and it has to be I am so sick and tired of my situation. Right? It has to be I, I, I can't do any more. I can't go any further. I don't know what else to do. i, I got to change. And listen to me very clearly. Not that we don't need help from other people. Not that we don't you know, come to people for help. 
But the first thing you got to do in to see your situation changed is you got to help yourself. Amen? Amen? God wants us to help ourselves. You've heard me say before, God feeds every bird, but He doesn't put it in a nest for them. Amen? There's a certain thing that they've got to do. They've got to trust and believe that when they jump out of that nest, that the feathers that God gave them are going to actually work. Because the ground is coming up at an alarming speed. Amen? And it's going to hurt really bad. How many of y'all know the fall is not what kills you? It's a sudden stop. Is that right? So you got to have confidence in knowing that God has fearfully and wonderfully made me. Come on, somebody, right? And it's time for me to get out of the nest. i got to quit waiting on everybody else to dump stuff in the nest and help me, right? I think Celebrate Recovery, Brother Eddie and, and Sister Donna and Sister Lisa and all you, Brother Gar, all y'all that go to Celebrate Recovery, I think it, it talks about that, right? It's called codependency. We're depending on somebody else to help us when we need to help ourselves first. Amen? So the power to change a situation, we got to understand first that it rests in us. Right? God's provided the way. We just got to get out of the nest. Right? Get out of that comfort zone and let God do what He's going to do. Right? Leap. Take that leap of faith and trust God. It's important. So, when you look in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, the story of Jonah, I think all of us know it very well. Jonah was a man that God had called to go to speak to an evil, an evil city here, an evil nation, Nineveh. And God told him, he said, look, he said, uh, Jonah, I need you to go speak to these people because they're evil, right? Their sin has come up to me. I have recognized that they've got to change. They've got to change or I'm going to destroy them. And so we know what Jonah does here. He not a big fan of Nineveh. Doesn't think it's worth his time and his effort. So here we find Jonah in Tarshish trying to hitch a ride to Joppa. He's not going to go where God told him to go. He's decided he's going to go a different way. Here again, what I told you earlier, this is not God's fault. This is his fault. Amen? Jonah puts himself in this situation and wants to blame God for the situation. And we do that so many times. God has provided a way of escape, but it's up to us to recognize it, right? And to go and be obedient to Him. So God calls him. Jonah says, I ain't having no part of it. Finds himself a ship down here and gets in it and he sets sail in a whole other direction, right? So as he's going, the Bible says in chapter 1, that a great tempest, a great storm arose, right? When you and I are not following God's plan, you can rest assured that there's a storm on the horizon. Amen? And it somehow catches us by surprise. It's almost like we're like, ooh, how'd that happen? Right? So it's like, I don't know where that came from. It's like a nor'easter, right? If you've ever been on the coast and you've been out fishing and you've been caught in a nor'easter, it catches you by surprise. Santee Cooper would be a good illustration of that, right, Brother Ralph? you out there in the middle of that thing and you see a little old cloud out there on you. You better crank the boat, right? Because it's coming, isn't it? It kind of gets you, right? And, you're not, and before you know it, man, you're about to get turned over and you're about to die out there and you're kind of wondering about what happened. Anytime we're disobedient to God, you can rest assured there's a storm coming, right? Because we've caused it. We're the ones that cause the storm. When we turn away from God, we can just about expect, right, that 
Blessings follow those that are obedient, so cursings come to those who are not. This is where he says you reap what you sow. So we see this with Jonah. Jonah turns his back on God, says, I ain't doing it. I know what's best. Them people are a bunch of, they're hypocrites. I ain't going. He don't want to talk to them. He wants them wiped out. So he goes a whole other direction. Gets on the boat, gets out there, the storm rages. And the people on the boat have no idea what's happening. You ever had family members come up to you when you put yourself in a situation? You know you put yourself in a situation. And family members or friends will come up to you and say, man, what's going on? Right? I don't know what's going on. Something has changed in your life. Or, or maybe they're just saying, man, I don't know what's happening, but I just, it just seems like everything's going south on us all at one time. They have no idea why it's going south. The whole time, you and I sitting back going, I don't know either. Right? And we know where the problem lies. See, here's the problem. When we, when we get on our own and the storms rage in our lives, it also rages on people around us that are innocent. Right? So here he is on this vessel. He gets in here and he hides down in the bottom of the vessel, trying to hide from God. And he gets out there and he's thinking, well, I'm just going to stay here until I get to the other side. I'm going to get off. I paid my fare. But these old boys here, he, unbeknownst to him, he's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Now, I want to say this. I'm going to get back to the power to change the circumstance. But here's what happens when you and I are disobedient to God and we go a direction we know we shouldn't go. We kind of just act like ain't nothing wrong and we just kind of, we just, we just act like nothing's wrong. We just enjoy the situation. All the while, everybody around us is struggling, right? They're the ones keeping us afloat. They're the ones, they're the ones fighting to keep us from sinking. They're the ones making sure that, that you're not losing your life, making sure you got food that you need, making, for, making sure your house payment gets paid, your truck payment gets paid, all these things, right? We could care less. We're just down there sleeping. Right? And all hell's breaking loose all around us. And it's the people that ain't got nothing to do with it that's keeping everything afloat. Can I get an amen? 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 This old boy's down at the bottom of this vessel. Man, they're bailing water out. They're throwing stuff overboard, right? They're throwing cargo overboard that they desperately need. Probably, probably some of them, it was, their, it was their life savings or it was what they needed to keep their family going. They're just chunking it, right? Throwing it in the water. Trying to keep this thing going and wondering what in the world is going on. And they all begin to pray to their own gods, saying, man, we can, somebody's got to get in touch with whoever's God's going to straighten this thing out. And they start praying, asking for help. Old Jonah down there snoring it up, right? One of them finally goes downstairs and said, man, what do you mean? <laughs> How can you sleep in a time like this? Right? We're up, here, we're up here about to perish, and you're down here sleeping. And I love the passage because this is what I want you to see. This fellow looks at him and says, Man, get up, right? Wake up. You got to wake up and understand you might have the power to change our circumstance. He looks at him and says, wake up and call on your God that maybe he would be able to stop this situation. You remember the story? This is what he says to him. He wakes Jonah up and says, man, come on. You know, you've got to get up. You've got to shake yourself and you've got to get in touch with God to help change this circumstance. If you don't, we're all going to go under. Amen. Listen to me carefully. If you're in that situation, and you know you're being disobedient to God, and you're blaming everybody else, or you're waiting on, you're waiting on God to, to do what He's going to do, and, and is it, God, it's your fault. You gotta do, I'm in this situation. If you love me, you wouldn't let me get here. God's just waiting on you and I to wake up, and waiting on us to call on Him. 
to change the situation. So they wake Jonah up. Jonah gets to the top of the boat. He sees the chaos. And they start drawing straws, if you will. They're going to figure out who is the dude that's got... Who's, who, what's happening, right? So they just start drawing lots, they called it. Just taking lots, drawing straws, the way I look at it. And guess who got the short straw? Old Jonah. See... I want you to understand something because you think to yourself with all them men on there and they just grabbed a bunch of old straws, if you will, threw them things together. So you ain't go. What's the chance of Jonah getting that straw, short straw? Real good when God's in control. Amen? Because the Bible said, be sure for your sins will what? Amen, Brother Ron. Right? Be sure for your sins to find you out. See, he's hiding from God, but you can't hide from God. See what I'm saying? But understand this, Jonah was a man of God. He just he got lost in his own self here and turned away. God knew he had the power to change the circumstance for these people. The question was, would he be willing to do it and would he have confidence enough and trust? But God knew all along. I want you to hear me tonight. If you're sitting here and you are and you're alive and so far it looks like everybody's breathing. Right? You may not have confidence in yourself. There is a confidence complex in the world today, especially among Christians. But God has confidence in you. You may not, I may not, but God has confidence. Because He knows what is in you, which is Himself. And He knows the power that rests in His Son, Jesus. And if you and I have a relationship with Jesus, He knows that power. Amen. Remember? Because God knows all things. I'm going to fast forward to the New Testament. There's some other old boys that was in a problem with a storm too, wasn't they? They asked Jesus to calm the storm and Jesus told the storm, He said, be still. And what did they say? Even the wind obeys Him. Amen? So God knows that His Son has power and authority over all those things. So they wake Jonah up, gets him up there, they draw straws, Jonah's the guy. <laughs> and they look at him and say, man, what have you done? Right? Isn't it that way when you, when you know you've been disobedient to God and you've done a pretty good job of hiding out and hiding it, but then once it gets out into the surface and everybody knows, it's like people look at you like, what was you thinking? Right? Well, the problem is I wasn't thinking. Amen? What were you thinking? I wasn't. Jonah was the same way, right? I asked Jonah, I said, man, what in the world was you thinking? You know, your God's doing this. You know, what, what can, and then they look at him and say, now what are we supposed to do? Right? They asked Jonah. They said, Jonah, first of all, they kind of chastised him a little bit because, man, we're about to die up here and it's all your fault and why did you do this to us? Where are you from? They started grilling him about all these things. And then they just said, now what are we supposed to do? Key here is the power to change the circumstance went right back to Jonah. See, we try to push it, as I said, to you off on somebody else. Right, when you used to have to, me all remember rotary dials, y'all remember them? You get, Lord help if you had nines in it, right, I just hate that. Right, you had to, you, somebody got a telephone number and a bunch of nines, and, whew, right, Stuart Sink, you'd have a problem calling on Stuart Sink today. Nine, tick, 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 tick. Nine, tick, 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 right? You never get old Stuart. But, <laughs> anyway, right, so we always want to get over and dial the old rotary Things say, oh, Grandma, I'm in trouble. I need you to what? Pray. Isn't that right? Daddy, 
I need you to pray. Mama, I need you to pray. Right? Brother, sister, pastor, whatever it may be. Again, not saying that, that you don't need to do that because there's power right in the, in the multitude of counselors. The Bible teaches us that. Safety in the multitude of counselors. However, the first number we need to dial is our own. Right? We need to be able to pray for ourselves. And see, we try to push that off on somebody else. And if our situation don't change, guess whose fault it is? I know she wasn't no Christian. No way Grandma acting like she's so holier than thou. I'm still in my situation. Grandma, are you praying? Pray every night, son. Well, it ain't working. Get mad and fall out with our family members and our friends. Right? Because God's date changed the circumstance. Some Christian you are. Isn't that right? All the while, God's sticking a telephone back at your face, right? Y'all remember that song, Prayer Bells of Heaven, Oh, How Sweetly They Ring? Right, or that, what's that, the, the, the something, telephone? Call him up, call him up, right? Tell him what you want. Y'all remember that song? <laughs> it's up to us. See, he tried to push it off on everybody else, but them old boys done a wise thing. They said, you got us in this, and you're going to get us out of it. Amen? And baby, if we need to say that in this world today, it needs to be said. Amen? If you've put yourself, whoever's put us in that situation, if you put yourself in it, you need to get us out of that situation. I need to get us out of that situation. Amen? Not anybody else. That's called accountability. Accountability. God's all about accountability. So they push it back, and the power to change the circumstance was put back in the only man's place that it could have changed it which was Jonah. Now, I love what Jonah, Jonah does something pretty good right here now, y'all. He, he knew his situation. He knew, it, he knew the secret was out, right? It was already out there. It was, it was there. So now what do you do? Jonah said, well, if I'm the problem, I don't know anything else other than to tell you you got to throw me over. you got to throw me out of this boat, right? you got to get me out. And that sounds kind of odd that Jonah would say, I'm the problem, so I'm going to sacrifice myself. Right? Because most of us wouldn't do that, right? Because I love me. And you love you. I can tell by looking at you. Amen? And you can tell by looking at me. I spent some time in front of the mirror today. I really did. I spent time putting jail in my little gray head. And I made sure that my big belly was covered by this nice shirt. And You know what I'm saying. We spent time because we love us. Fed myself some chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A today. God's chicken. Heard the angels singing while I was eating them. <laughs> anyway, I, I love some me. So it sounds strange that somebody would cast themselves out in order to save others. But it's not strange when you know the Word of God, right? Because the Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay his life down for his friends. Is that what it says? And then he goes on to say, and you are my friends if you keep my commandments. So it goes back to being obedient to God. So Jonah here says, hey, the only, the only right thing here, I cause it, you're just going to have to get me off the boat in order for it to stop. Basically what Jonah was saying was, boys, it ain't nobody else's fault but mine, and I'm the only guy that can do it. He stepped up and became accountable, and that's all God was looking for. That's it. Now old Jonah gets a bad rap, and he should. But right here, you start to see Jonah being accountable. And I love what happens next. Instead of 
all of them going down and dying and their families being hurt instead of Jonah dying. In verse 17 of chapter 1, there's a great, great passage that'll help some of y'all when you run up against that, that theologian that wants to disprove God by saying, it is not scientifically nor physically possible for a whale to swallow a grown man and for him to live to be thrown up onto the shore. That's what they would say. It's not possible. But here's what the Bible says. This was not your ordinary whale. The Bible says that God prepared a big fish. God prepared it. So what that tells me is they're right. It wasn't your ordinary whale. It was not your ordinary big fish. This was a fish designed to carry Jonah. Amen? God prepared. Read it in verse 17, if you can get it. Amen? In chapter 1, verse 17 of Jonah, Brother Danny, in the King James, that's what it says. God prepared it. So what happened was, when Jonah got his heart right, when Jonah admitted to his faults, and when Jonah became accountable, and when Jonah laid his life down for his friends, it moved the heart of God to make sure that there was a fish there that would catch Jonah, else he would have died. Amen? Don't tell me God don't love you. Don't tell me God is not a great God and a good God. Amen? God always prepares a way of escape for His children. God loves us. But it's when we become accountable and we're willing to change our circumstance. Now it doesn't appear that Jonah really knew how he was going to change the entire circumstance, but he knew that he had to make this one right. And he cast himself, they cast him over, overboard. And the Bible says here, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. God prepared it. Amen? God had a plan. He had a way. He made a way for Jonah. Now, when you read the story, let's read it. I'm going to back up. I'm going to touch up a couple of things. I'm going to try to get you out of here. But you and I control and have the power to change our circumstance in Christ. Jonah. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, remember he was there for three days and three nights in the belly of this fish. And then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of his fish, the fish's belly said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. See, God knows how to get your attention and to get my attention. The Bible says that Jonah cried out to God out of his affliction, in the middle of his pain, in his circumstance. Jonah had had enough. He got enough. And how many of us in here know, until you get enough, until you get your belly filled with the things of this world, until you get, until you get yourself satisfied with your own control, you're never going to be able to change your circumstance. It's when you get in these situations right here, when you know there's no other hope. Remember, he's in the belly of a whale. Darkness surrounded him. Right? When we, when, when we are disobedient to God, darkness surrounds us. The Bible says, we'll read in a few minutes, that the seaweed wrapped around his head. He was entangled and entwined in this world. It had him to the point it was cutting him off. Right? He, he mentions these things. He said, I, I cried out to the Lord 
by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell. One, one, one translation says Sheol, which is hell. He said, I cried, and thou heardest my voice. I told you, God always hears. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods have compassed me about. Right? He has been overtaken by the things of this world. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then Jonah said, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy name. Repentance, right? Change, turn. The waters compassed me about even to the, to the soul, in verse 5. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains under the waters, right? The earth with her bars was about me, about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. He recognizes his situation, but he understands that God is in control. Elsewise, he wouldn't be in the middle of this fish's belly and living. Amen? Some of us probably have questioned in our life, how am I still alive? Amen? With all that I've been through, with everything that I've done, with all the situations around me, how is it possible that I'm still here? Yet, Lord, I live. Right? Yet I live. Verse 7, When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Coming to a senses here, right? He's recognizing. He's accountable. He turns and he remembers. He turns to the Lord in prayer. Praise God. Amen. That thou, He says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That is a powerful passage. If you've got your Bible, highlight that thing in your book or in your phone. Jonah said, they that observe lying vanities, they, they that participate in these lying vanities, these things that we think are going to satisfy us, these things that we continue to do that are ungodly, he said, they forsake their own mercy. What is he meaning? The mercy that God has for each one of us. When we turn to these lying fables and vanities, and when we try to turn to these things rather than to God, we're forsaken not, not, our, not God, but we're forsaken his mercy on our own lives. Amen? Amen? We're forsaking God's blessing in our lives. Jonah recognized this in the belly of a big fish. In verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Even in the middle of his situation, he recognized and remembered that he was supposed to give thanks and praise to God. And he said, I'm going to sacrifice. You can see the repentant heart here of Jonah. I will, pay that, I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish when he heard this. See, this is all God really wanted. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. It provided, this fish provided safety for Jonah. It provided protection for Jonah. It provided life for Jonah because fish, big fish, whales have to breathe air. Is that right? Oxygen. It provided that for Jonah. I dare say food, but I don't even think about what he ate. Whatever it was, God provided that for Jonah in that fish. And it also provi it provided a vehicle for him because remember, Jonah was going in the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. Amen? I want to tell you a passage of Scripture in the Bible that I think is so awesome. 
Though we go in the other direction, the Bible says the call of God is without repentance. God does not repent that He called us to do something, and we can't repent enough to get out of it. Amen? Amen? So as hard as we're going this way, away from God, He's always got a vehicle ready to catch you when you decide to jump, to grab a hold of you and take you to the destination He's always had for you. Amen? Amen. Always. The fish got Him and began to take Him God's direction. And when He got to Himself and He turned and asked God, and when He repented right here, the Bible says that old whale come to the surface and spit Him out where He was supposed to be anyway. Amen? God will set our feet on solid ground if we'll just turn to Him and ask Him. The power to change your circumstance, the power to change my circumstance, rests solely on us. Jonah recognized and said, you've got to throw me over. And when he was in the belly of the fish, he recognized his shortcomings and he turned back to God. And when he turned back to God, his circumstance did what? 180. Amen? Amen. The power to change your circumstance rests solely in me and in you, not anybody else. See, the world that you and I live today teaches that it's everybody else's responsibility to help you out of your situation. And although I agree with that to a point, my daddy always looked at me and he said these words to me when I was a little teenage boy. He said, son, I love you. He said, but if you do something wrong that causes you to be put in jail, you're going to jail. And he said, I'll come visit you every time they allow me to come. And this is what he said. I'll bring you an RC Cola, a honey bun, and a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes. <laughs> and I'll talk to you and tell you I love you, but I'm leaving you there. Because you put yourself there, and I'm not spending my money to get you out of there. And I believed him, and I still do to this day. And if you know my daddy, you know he was telling the truth. I'd still be there. And he'd still be visiting me. And I'd still be getting what he told me he'd bring me. Right? Simply put, he was saying, I didn't put you there, and I'm, it's not my responsibility to get you out of it. When you come to your senses and you realize what you've done and you want to change, you'll get yourself out of it. Amen? And ain't that God. Amen? God can, and God does bless, and God does do marvelous things. And He does let it rain on the just and the unjust alike. But it's still up to us to turn and come to Him. Amen? He's waiting on us to turn and come to Him. So many passages in the Bible teaches us. Here with Jonah, it teaches it. The prodigal son, it teaches. So many of them, it teaches, right, that when we turn and come back, He's there waiting and has already prepared what, he, what you need to help you to succeed in life. Today I want you to know, and I'm, I, this is what God was telling me. This message was from Mark, and I'm just giving you what he gave me. It's real clear. Now, I've been praying to him about some situations at work and some other things, you know, and church, home, I'm like you, i got all kinds of things going on. And God reminded me with this message right here that, Mark, the situations that you're in are your own fault, but I love you, and I'm here, and when you decide you want to ask me to help you and you're sincere about it, I'm going to help you. But I'm only going to help you if you're willing to change. See what I'm saying? See, the difference between God and some of our family and friends is they know we're not ready to change, but they help us anyway, knowing that what they're doing is really just hurting us, not helping us. It's just a temporary fix. But God loves us more than that than to do that. He's going to wait till He knows you're ready to change. 
And when you're ready to change and you come to Him, I promise you, God will bless. Amen? And your circumstance will change. And life will be what God had intended it to be. But accountability belongs to us. Right? We've got to quit waiting on the next man or the next woman and grab a hold of Jesus' hand because last I checked, I can't get to heaven on my mama's prayers. I'm not going to hold on to my, grandma, my granny's shirt tail as she runs through the gates of glory and I'm going to get in. None of those things. I am accountable. I have to, I have to reach up and grab Jesus' hands, whether it be in salvation or whether it be to change my circumstance, whether it be for healing, whatever the situation, understanding, right, that some things I ask for may not be what I get because God knows what's best. But ultimately, what I receive will be good because all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. Is that right? Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. That's a good word. Amen. It's a true word. It is a hard word. Because it's easier to rely on others rather than rely on yourself. But the power to change a circumstance rests in us. Amen. It rests in us. So I want to pray with you here tonight.